Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Can exercise really cure certain medical conditions like back pain? How important is physical therapy after having a knee surgery? Can chronic pain improve with more activity? Dr. Damian Tavares, a specialist in physical medicine and rehabilitation, is in the studio and ready to answer how important it is to include exercise and therapy into recovery. We'll be taking your calls in just a few minutes at 941-3689 on Oahu, toll-free from the neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. First in medical news, you won't find OxyPro Elite on the shelves anymore. Nationwide, given the 40-plus people who were seriously sickened by allegedly using the product, the company has pulled the product from shelves until further analysis can be done. According to a statement by the FDA, there is a causal connection from the use of the product and the cases of hepatitis reported particularly right here in the islands. Until further notice, the company has decided to pull the product from shelves until testing is completed. Another thing you won't find soon, trans fats. These partially hydrogenated oils found in many processed foods, including coffee creamers, frosting, frozen pizzas, margarine, microwave popcorn, well, they'll soon be banned from most food products. The FDA is accepting comments for the next two months and also plans on working with manufacturers to establish a timeline for the elimination of trans fats from the food supply. Already, products are labeled as not having trans fats, and if possible, avoiding those with these partially hydrogenated oils would be best. According to the Centers for Disease Control Estimates, several thousand heart attacks could be prevented by eliminating trans fats from the diet. New data from the CDC also report that over 23% of the U.S. population have arthritis diagnosed by their physician. Over 10% of those report some type of activity restrictions as a result. The highest group of those with arthritis, 49% of those with heart disease, 47% with diabetes, 31% of those who are obese. What does this mean for the future? Well, with the rise in cases of arthritis, particularly in those with other chronic illnesses that might be improved with exercise that is currently limited, it's even more important to work on good dietary habits and an increase in activity for everyone before it's too late. Speaking of too late, is it ever really when it comes to muscle aches and pains? Once you have arthritis, are you so limited that exercise is just not possible? No, says my guest today, Dr. Damian Tavares, an expert in physical medicine and rehabilitation. Medicine can help, but rehab might actually cure more of the aches and pains that we feel now and then. Certainly much better than taking pills forever, particularly for things like back pain. Now, if you've had success with an exercise program, maybe gotten back to yourself for good, we'd like to hear from you. You can join us at 941-3689 on Oahu, toll free from the neighbor islands, 877 877- Dr. Tavares, welcome back to The Body Show. Thank you, Dr. Kozak. I really appreciate being back. Well, now we had you on before. We were talking a little bit about back pain, and we were talking about different types of pain and pain interventions. You know, a lot of times people like to just take a lot of pills, makes them feel better, but doesn't really get them better. And there are some conditions that you have a unique expertise in treating, not only helping to make pain seem less, and make it more manageable, but also help somebody to see the value in 
fixing it by doing some strengthening and stretching and other types of physical exercises for their body. Now, you work with physical medicine and rehabilitation, in particular pain medicine. What exactly does that mean? What kind of people do you see in your office? Okay, so physical medicine and rehabilitation is a specialty that focuses on treating patients with disabilities. Now, these disabilities can be pretty minor, uh, such as um, occupational injury, such as uh, carpal tunnel, or it can be very devastating um, disabilities, such as spinal cord injury. I tend to focus more on the musculoskeletal um, disabilities, uh, low back pain, neck pain, knee pain, shoulders, um, ankles. Now, how am I getting all this pain? Uh, Is it because of chronic overuse? Are we dealing with arthritis? Are we dealing with injury-related? Or could it be any one of those reasons? Um, Actually, it could be any one of those reasons. So, you know, when I look at, at back pain, I... I typically look at it as either being acute, just happening all of a sudden, or something chronic, something that's happened over a period of time. And when you look at acute injuries, um, there are a few things that that tend to stand out. One is you could have a muscle uh, strain. You could have a ligament strain. You could have um, a herniated disc. Or if you're an older patient, you could have like a vertebral compression fracture. Now, if a patient has pain that's gradually developed over time, the differential is a little different. Um, the little joints in the back, arthritis that you mentioned earlier, that could be a major cause of back pain. Uh, there's also another joint a uh, little bit below the low back, right where it curves, called the sacroiliac joint. That can also be a major source of chronic low back pain. Um, the discs, the discs as they degenerate, this is very different than a herniated disc, but as they tend to degenerate, they they, they can also be a major source of back pain. Um, also, patients can develop something called myofascial pain. What is myofascial pain? That's when someone typically has an underlying disease process, whether it's the disc or the joints, and the muscles around that area try, try to protect it, and those muscles become chronically contracted. So you could actually have, you know, well, let's go through a couple of scenarios. So acute back pain, let's just say, all right, so you're you're doing something, you lift up a box, maybe you're helping somebody move. So you lift up a box, you turn and you twist, and you feel a pop in your back. And you know, uh-oh, something's going on in your back. So for somebody who has like sudden onset back pain, they can particularly remember the exact injury that caused it. What's the first thing they should do? They just lifted up the box. Clearly, they put it down. Should they go get some ice? Should they get some heat? Should they just start doing some stretches, pop a bunch of ibuprofens? Pretend right now somebody, you know, you just lifted up a box. What am I telling that person to do? Okay. So the first thing I would ask is if someone hears a pop, more than likely it's a diss. The thing I would, I'd, I'd make sure is that they don't have leg symptoms because if they have leg symptoms, it's a little bit, little bit more, uh, a little bit more involved. If it's just low back pain, they heard a pop. You can use ice, rest, light activity, um, and take anti-inflammatories and Tylenol. Usually does a trick. Um, and if the pain is persistent, I'm I'm saying three, four, five days. At that point, I'd consider seeing your primary care doctor. Uh, maybe getting some x-rays, and maybe even considering some physical therapy. So you mentioned without leg symptoms. So what did you mean by leg symptoms? If you lift up this box, maybe you feel a pop, you feel pain in your back, it's just localized to the back, put some ice on it, 
Don't be lifting any more boxes. Do some light activity, you mentioned. So don't just lay in bed, get up and move around. But you mentioned specifically without leg symptoms. Now, what are the leg symptoms and why should I worry about those? Okay. So when someone develops leg symptoms, that that indicates that the disc has popped out far enough or herniated far enough that it's actually pinching off one or two of the nerves. So that's when we're talking about pain going down your leg, right. people will, sciatica-like stuff. Right. People will commonly say it's sciatica. Um, it's kind of a misnomer. Um, we, in the medical field, we call it radiculopathy, uh, where we're actually pinching off the nerve roots. And uh, that can become a problem because a lot of times it's not just associated with pain. They can also develop weakness within those nerves and patients will sometimes trip over themselves. If it's really, really bad and you're hitting some of the lower nerve roots, you can actually cause problems with bowel and bladder control. So when we talk about without leg symptoms, we mean there's no severe pain going down your leg. Mm -hmm. You can still use them. They're not weak. Exactly. You you can feel them because it's kind of important to feel your legs. And so if you don't have any of those symptoms immediately, then, okay, you might have just injured your back. Now, what if you don't feel a pop? What if it's just like a muscle pull and you go, oh, no, there are those muscles again. They've contracted. I know it. I've been down this road before. Same recommendation, ice, rest, anti-inflammatories, Tylenol, give your back a break. And stretching. Um, when When I say rest, what I mean is more activity modification. The last thing you want to do is bed rest. Back in as recent as the 90s, we would, we would advocate bed rest. We actually found that made our patients worse. So definitely no bed rest, but activity modification. Um, you know, pain is there to tell you that something's wrong. So you want to avoid things that, that are causing you pain. And, um, uh, you know, some of the things that help are stretching. Um, get in a position that will allow your muscles to stretch so they're not so contracted. Because when you have, whether it's a disc problem or uh, muscle uh, uh, strain or ligament sprain, um, those areas will tighten up and you have to keep them stretched because if you don't keep them stretched, it's just going to become a vicious cycle and that can actually lead to chronic pain. So we don't want to have this become chronic. So we're still in our first couple of days. Let's say we never get any leg symptoms. How long in general does it take for somebody to feel like their back is getting better? I mean, is the usual course a couple of weeks? So everyone's a little different. You know, it depends on their comorbidities. Um, it could could depend on their weight status. If they're a smoker, it could it could also depend on whether or not it's it's positional. I mean, there's some people if they're sitting in a chair that's slightly lopsided, if that's not a not addressed and they don't get to the underlying cause, they're going to continue to have back pain. Um, most people, if if they just have an acute injury where they lift something and they hear pop or or they just hurt their back. Most folks with rest, ice, some anti-inflammatories, some stretching exercises, they will get better on their own within two weeks, three weeks. Most most of the time, I mean, a lot of work-related injuries, we take it very seriously because there's often, you know, a medical legal component of it. But if you look at the natural history of acute low back pain, even if it's a disc herniation, those patients are going to get better on their own, whether we do anything or not. Even if you don't take anti-inflammatories, those patients will tend to get better on their own. In a couple of weeks, two, three, four weeks. Right. So if you did something like this at home on the weekend, you really shouldn't worry if it's been two or three days and you still have pain. Chances are that's going to take a little while to resolve. 
Right. The only time I'd I'd really really worry is if the pain's getting worse. You know, if it's getting significantly worse or if you're starting to develop symptoms in your legs. Like we talked about the pain going down your leg, the I can't feel your leg, or the numbness and tingling, and then also the weakness, which is really, you know, if you try and lift up your leg and it won't go, that's a bad sign. Get that checked out. Exactly. Pretty darn quickly. Okay. So those are things that would happen if you had acute pain. And if somebody were to say after a few weeks, hey, listen, it's been four weeks. My pain's not better. I've been taking whatever medication, ibuprofen, Tylenol, whatever it is that they're taking. I'm doing my stretches. I'm not, I've, I, I've modified my activities. I'm still not better. What do they do next? They're not yet at that chronic phase, mm-hmm. but they're still in that. I know what happened. It was about four weeks ago. What's the next step? They should talk with their doctor. At what point would they be involving someone like yourself? So <clears throat> actually most most. Primary care docs, I think, usually do a pretty good job in, in the sense that they'll get an x-ray to rule out really bad things like a fracture. Um, they'll prescribe patients anti-inflammatories and muscle relaxers, and they'll refer the patient to the physical therapist. Uh, and the great thing with the physical therapist is the physical therapists, like myself, are well-trained in the neurologic exam as well as the musculoskeletal exam. And they can pretty much pinpoint whether or not this is a disc problem, whether or not this is uh, a muscle problem or a ligament problem without involving MRIs or very expensive uh, studies. And these therapists will take these patients and um, put them through a series of exercises um, for sometimes four or five weeks, a couple times a week. And their their goal is really to strengthen the core muscles, um, to uh, stretch out the the muscles and the ligaments. And um, a lot of times they'll use modalities such as heat and ultrasound and massage. And uh, some of them even do some chiropractic adjustments. Um, and what this does is it it helps with some of the, the tissues, the underlying tissues that are damaged or the tissues that have lost mobility. So it really helps the body to heal itself. Absolutely. You're actually giving the patient the tools to heal themselves because ultimately all these patients are going to be advanced to a home exercise program where they'll, where they'll continue to do these exercises at home. So we talk about core strengthening. That's like the abs and then in the back. Make sure that you're you're doing things correctly with lifting, but also some specific stretches designed to help that individual with where their pain is mm-hmm. to strengthen their body, the muscles and tissues around it so that it can support the damaged area and help the body to just recover over time. Absolutely. And right. like, uh, for instance, uh, this, this injuries, you know, if a uh, if the patient's diagnosed with a disc problem, a lot of times the therapist will do something called a McKinsey uh, exercise with them where it's basically an extension exercise where they're trying to push the disc back into the space where it herniated from. And a lot of patients, even with leg symptoms, will actually feel a lot of leg symptoms resolve over time. So there really are ways. You don't have to rush to surgery. You don't have to rush to doing things. Try some simple things first with the help of an expert. You shouldn't try these home alone. You might injure Mm -hmm. yourself. But you might actually be able to avoid long-term problems if you get on top of it before it becomes chronic. Absolutely. All right. We've got a caller on the line. We've got Claire from Punchbowl. Claire, welcome to The Body Show. Aloha. Thank you. Thank you for calling. What can we do for you today? Well, I am a nurse, and... With that, of course, the requisite disc injuries and rotator cuff injuries and low back pain. And at some point, it becomes a chronic situation, even after therapies. And 
I've been an exercise enthusiast, a rough water swimmer, etc. I still have acute back pain issues and sometimes ridiculous. And I'm wondering at this point, with all the rehab I've been through, that probably many middle-aged people have chronic pain with acute episodes. Where do you go? It's a great question, Claire, because, you know, not only do you have the acute episodes, but you also have underlying. It's become chronic because you keep having them with various activities. Uh, Dr. Tavares, is this the kind of person that you see, or is this is this the person that you have expertise in helping so they can avoid multiple episodes of acute pain so that it doesn't become more of an issue? Right. So, you know, in my practice, uh, what I typically see is that I, I, I have patients that have failed the conservative treatments and they're coming to me as, you know, from their primary care doctors as a patient that's failed all these other things. What can you offer my patient? And um, as a pain specialist, you know, I have many, many procedures that I can do that will target your pain. Um, back pain is one of those those issues where there's so many different pain, possible pain generators. You know, what is it exactly that's causing your pain? Is it the discs? Is it the little joints in the back? Is it the SI joints? Is it the muscles? There are a lot of the procedures I do are not only therapeutic, but they're diagnostic. Um, I'll do a test dose first where I'll use an X-ray. I'll place a needle right where we know are some of the areas that cause pain, and I'll just put a little drop of local anesthetic there and see if the patient's pain goes away. If it goes away, it tells me and it tells the patient that this is where their pain's coming from, and then we can take it a step further and try and target those areas. So, Claire, you're an athlete. You're doing the rough water. You're doing a lot of activities. Have you... Have you found that there is something in particular that makes these acute episodes of back pain occur again and again? Uh, I think with swimming, you can get a lot of neck and back until your muscles strengthen, so you have to train properly and advance yourself slowly. What I have noticed recently is that after hiking, where your feet and ankles are doing a lot of negotiating, so your whole back gets involved in that, I am in pain for three days. Getting up from a chair is just... I'm not old enough to use a cane yet, you know? <laughs> All right. Now, when you say you're in pain for three days, pain where in particular? I is... get general, my muscles ache. It's, so it's not the joints themselves. It's around the joints. It's the muscles. I'm sure they're contracted. And um, difficulty getting up from a chair, straightening my lower back. So you're really talking not just, hey, my feet hurt, I was hiking, but really your low back is actually engaged, and oh, yeah. that's where you're feeling a lot of those symptoms. Yeah, and I love to be up on the trail. So this is important to my quality of life to, to resolve this. Yeah. So, um, Claire, from what I understand is that you, you have baseline chronic pain, right? And then you have these, uh, these occasional flares when you do something strenuous. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. So, you know... Just from that little bit of history that you gave me where you have a problem transitioning from a sitting to a standing position, you notice after these um, these these episodes, um, that, that, that little bit of history tells me that you probably have something wrong with your sacroiliac joint because that's pretty typical of a patient with sacroiliitis or problems with their, their, their sacroiliac joint is that transitioning from that sitting to a standing position really causes them problems. You probably have some baseline arthritis within that joint, and when you're doing something strenuous, um, it probably flares it up for those three or so days. 
what can we do about it? So here's somebody who, you know, Claire loves to be outdoors. You, We've already crossed the bridge of go out and exercise. She loves to do it. Right. I She's mean, active. Already, Claire, great, because you're already moving, doing swimming. And I use doing a swimming. physio ball at my desk, so I switch between an or, uh, uh, ergonomic chair and a physio ball. So, mm-hmm. like, you're already doing a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Tavares, with somebody with sacroiliac arthritis and exacerbation of pain from that, what do we do? How do we... How do we help them? Do they do more core strengthening? What, what's the next step? Right. I mean, it sounds like you've already done a lot of therapies. You've done the conservative treatments. Um, yeah, nursing is hard work. <laughs> it's hard work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the other thing, have you tried like a, like a sacroiliac joint belt? No. Okay. So one of the other things in physical medicine that we look at are orthotics um, or things that can help. Um, some folks with sacroiliitis, uh, what they'll do is they'll, they'll wear what they call a sacroiliac joint belt. And what it does is it just kind of stabilizes the, the sacroiliac joint uh, for those two or three days when, when it's really flared up. And it prevents the joint from moving too much and causing you pain. So that might be an option. Um, if you're looking for something more long-term, um, you know, one of the things that you could consider is a sacroiliac joint injection, which puts a little bit of steroid with some local anesthetic, and some patients will notice immediate relief after one of those injections, and they can get pretty good pain relief for up to three months. Um, if you want to take it even further, there's little tiny joints. Um, they're called the lateral branches of the S1 to 3 nerves. And they innervate the SI joint, and there's a procedure, it's a, they call it rhizotomy, where we actually um, burn those little nerves. Mm-hmm. Those nerves grow back. It doesn't cause any permanent damage, um, but patients who have that done are seeing anywhere from six to nine months of no pain. And I'm talking being able to, you know, your baseline chronic pain, not having that, as well as when you do strenuous activity, not having those flares. But it doesn't cure anything. You know, I want I want to make that clear to listeners is that, you know, these procedures, they don't cure, cure anyone. It, it just helps to manage the symptoms. And I think so along that course, it's best to, to stay in good physical core strength and physical condition and um, work on posture and things. The, the last part of this I wanted to ask is I recently did a course of Lyrica because I had a shingles outbreak. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much pain I was in till a few days on the Lyrica when I realized I didn't hurt. Right. And that's the problem, you know, like Lyrica is, it's a, it's, it's a calcium channel blocker. Um, what it does is it, it basically takes the, the sting out of, out of uh, nerve, you know, patients who have nerve pain. A lot of patients who are in chronic pain, um, a lot of times there's no identifiable tissue damage. Mm-hmm. Um but what's happened is over time, because they've, they've been in pain for so long, there's changes that happen in the spinal cord. There's changes that happen in the brain. There's changes that happen in the peripheral nerves at the cellular level that just perpetuates the pain. And so what Lyrica does is it, 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 it targets specifically the nerves that are, are overactive and firing these pain fibers, and they downregulate them. Um, they, they, they calm them down. Oh. And so that's why when you're on the Lyrica, you're like, oh, wow, you know, you, you didn't realize how much pain you're in because you're always dealing with pain. Your, your mind, your brain is always seeing pain. You know, it's like, you know, it, I, I was at the VA for a couple of years. And the thing I always found interesting is that we would have these patients that had knee replacements. And these, a lot of these, these, these vets were in pain for 30 plus years and they have a knee replacement. And after two, two weeks of rehab, 
they just can't believe not, you know, they don't even know what it's like not being in pain anymore. Right. So I, I can identify on some level. You know, so, you know, I feel I feel for you because you're you, you, you really fall in, in, you know, that category of a chronic pain patient, someone who's been in pain more than three months. The, the reality is, is that patients who are in pain for more than three months are likely going to be dealing with pain the rest of their life. That's just the reality oh, of it, okay. you know, and you're, you're, you're doing everything right. And that's the, the, the frustrating thing for a lot of our patients is they don't smoke. They watch their weight. They exercise. They're active. They meditate. They, you know, uh, mentally and physically, they're strong, but they continue to have pain. And it's at that point that you have to look at, okay, you know, um, either finding mechanisms to cope with the pain, considering medications, hopefully non-narcotic medications. We have very good non-narcotic medications. Um, Using those type of medications to help with the pain, such as Lyrica, or even considering some of these interventional procedures, which may provide you some temporary pain relief for a period of time. Yeah, I'm more of a person who I just um, put on my post today, uh, take a walk instead of taking a pill. Um, I'm not one to run to the narcotics or to the drugs to to cure anything so i I do try to keep my body fit and i I, that's what i say to patients as my part part of the advice but um some days it's just awful and and i'm glad you're on the show today to give me some idea that maybe i need another evaluation and a treatment plan so that i can enjoy many more years in the ocean and on the trails right I always tell folks that it's when when you when when pain starts to affect your function and your quality of life, that's when you have to consider these next steps. I mean, there's nothing in medicine that's risk free, but sometimes it's worth trying different things um, if you've already exhausted the conservative treatment, um, just so you can enjoy your life a little more. Yeah, sometimes when it's acute, I'll do a short course of small medication. A, a half a tablet of, of Vicodin or something, but I, I'm not a fan of that thing. I just take it to break the cycle a little bit. All right, Claire. Well, it sounds like we've got a great plan in place, at least time for a reevaluation and talking with a specialist who might be able to help you to figure out what are some of your options, even if it is just temporary. But I want to thank you for calling in today. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Damian Tavares. We're talking about those folks who have back pain and want to know what's next when they've done everything else right. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. For National Novel Writing Month, New Letters on the Air features award-winning Ozarks author Daniel Woodrell, whose often dark narratives are acts of discovery. I did early in my career try to outline, but it just was pointless exercise, really, because all it guaranteed is not going to be much like the outline. (laughs) Daniel Woodrell and his 2013 novel, The Maid's Version, on New Letters on the Air. Tuesday evening at 6.30, following Marketplace. Hawaii Public Radio kicks off its Atherton Studio winter season on Friday, November 15th. Travel back to Hawaii's golden era with the sweet sounds of the Bobby Ngano Trio. Steel guitar master Bobby Ngano teams up with Gary Aiko and Kaipo Asing. Friday, November 15th at 7.30 p.m. in HPR's Atherton Studio. For tickets, call 955-8821 during business hours. 
Aloha and welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Damian Tavares. We are talking about physical medicine and rehabilitation. What can you do to help your body to heal itself if it can and ways that you can treat chronic and acute back pain and other joint aches and pains to make sure that you can get back to a level of functioning where you feel the most comfortable. We just heard from Claire from Punchbowl and Hopefully we have a plan of action for her and some things she can do. But if you've got a question, now's your chance to ask an expert. You can join us at 941-3689. Toll free from the neighbor islands, 80877-941-3689. Now, Dr. Tavares, we were talking with Claire. She does everything right, exercise, core strengthening, does all the activities. She might have this sacroiliac arthritis. And if so, for people who have that plus other types of back problems, if it becomes permanent, you mentioned there might be some medications like non-narcotic medicines, maybe some procedures that they can do to try and help them and give them temporary relief. Is there really ever a long-term cure? For chronic pain, unfortunately, there isn't. How important is exercise as a component to helping them to handle some of their symptoms? I mean, when when we talk with someone like Claire, she loves to go hiking. Now, hiking, and she's fully aware of the fact that it can cause some stress on the ankles and the feet. You're constantly adjusting for different levels of the ground, et cetera. Are there some activities that people can do to strengthen their back? Like, would someone like that benefit from start walking on the flats, build up your back strength, get your ankles stronger, get your feet stronger, do some things to improve your body so that you could go on the hikes and have less pain? Sure, absolutely. Um, you know, some some of the things that I recommend for my patients uh, who have problems with their knees and ankles is aqua therapy. I mean, and we're surrounded by the ocean. Get in the water. You get can't say water. you don't have access. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, getting what in the water. What does that do differently that makes you recommend it? Well, it's the buoyancy. It's the buoyancy of being in the in in the in the water. The buoyancy of the uh, of being in. Um, so like you float. Yeah, you float. So it takes the pressure off of the joints um, and it allows you to to um, to be active without stressing out the joints. So you could get a good cardio workout by doing a lot of swimming really intense or could you even like get weights for your legs and do leg lifts and stuff in the water so you're not putting stress on your back but you're maybe you're strengthening your quads your hamstring your gastroc all those other leg muscles absolutely i mean that's what uh, a lot of our therapists that do aqua therapy uh, for their patients um, have them do now one of the things that people sometimes say is i still have a little bit of pain but unless I do something, I don't have my acute pain. So if they still have some back discomfort, it's not yet at the point where it's changing their daily level of functioning. At what point should they consider some of the interventions? Should they not necessarily do it until it does affect quality of life? Or is there a benefit to doing something earlier to prevent it from getting worse? Okay. So none of the procedures that we do in pain management really prevent the progression of the patient's chronic pain. Um, probably the closest thing that we have is a spinal cord stimulator, which actually, which actually modulates the pain at the spinal cord level. Pretty high-tech stuff. Um, but for most pain conditions, there's, these procedures, they don't, they, don't, they don't prevent any progression of, of disease. So really doing them sooner is not necessarily going to help you. But doing some of the strengthening, more of the rehabilitation part of it, 
may make a difference, more of the physical activity, strengthen other joints around that area, et cetera. Absolutely. All right. We've got another caller on the line. We've got Todd from Waikiki. Todd, welcome to The Body Show. Hi. Thank you. Thanks for calling us. What can we do for you today? So I've had uh, joint pain in my knees for a couple of years, and I've, and I've noticed that it's progressively gotten worse. Um, and basically, I just want to know what things to do to strengthen it, make it, you know, kind of re- rehabilitate it, and what things to, to stay away from. Um, I, really I really don't know the first type of joint pain I've ever experienced. How old are you, Todd? 30. All right, so you're a young guy. And you're already having knee troubles. Did you play a lot of sports when you were younger? I did, but not, you know, like heavy, not like collegiate football or anything. But, yeah, I grew up playing sports through college. Any major injuries? No. Okay. So, you know, we got Todd here, Dr. Tavares. No major injuries. Knees are giving him trouble. Should he not be a marathon runner? Would that not be a good idea? Or is this like work on your quadriceps strengthening? Aqua therapy, you know, Waikiki, nice beaches there. For somebody who's young with no injuries, having joint pains, what's their first step? Well, I think first off, I'd, I'd, I'd really like to clarify what the diagnosis is. I mean, you know, Todd, you're 30 years old and you're having knee pain, no major injuries in the past, uh, no surgeries. I mean, have you, have you, um, do you have a family history of osteoarthritis? Um, um uh, my my father has uh you know he he tore he blew out his knee but he was in his 60s when he did that and that was from you know an, an accident so um as far as arthritis I'm, I'm not too sure now, i don't now do you don't hear a lot of cracking in your knees when you move it no no there's no cracking so this is on the um the outward facing side of my i guess my right knee on the right side on the and, yeah, a little history. I guess I was um, I was hiking and I twisted my leg, and so that was the the origin of the knee pain. And then I'd only get it when I'd go on long runs or hikes. You know, at the end of maybe you know like several mile run or you know a several you know couple hour hike or something, I'd get some knee pain and it'd go away. But for instance, today I haven't done any activity. I'm you know driving home from work and it's throbbing basically. You know, there's pain there, and so I've, I've watched it progressively get worse, and I'm just wondering, you know, there's got to be some sort of strength exercises to do, um, strengthening exercises or flexibility or something. I'm just not sure what's good for it or what's... Well, the, the, thing, though, the, the thing, though, Todd, is that it really depends on what the etiology is of your knee pain. I mean, there's different exercises for, say, meniscal injuries or for osteoarthritis or if it's, or if it's coming from under the kneecap or if it's a, um, uh, a ligament it, uh, issue. So I think, I think the most important thing is to have it evaluated. You know, someone who's 30 years old with knee pain and you did notice it came on acutely, and it's on the outer part of your knee. That could be a meniscal injury, your lateral um, uh, meniscus, or it could could be your col- uh, lateral collateral ligament. You know, these are things that you might want to have evaluated, and you know, it, it, you might be amenable to um, orthopedic treatment. Because a lot of times, if you have an injury to those structures, you could do all the therapy in the world, and a lot of times you won't get uh, any better. So it really depends on what the etiology is. So step one for Todd is. See your doc, get a diagnosis. 
Absolutely, because it will change. Once you have your diagnosis, it'll change your treatment. Absolutely, it'll change the the treatment. It'll train. It'll, it'll change your your rehab um, uh, course. And it may change what exercises you should or shouldn't do, and it may change whether or not you do a procedure. So, all right, Todd, a couple of things on the docket, but step one has to be figure out exactly what the diagnosis is. And, you know, Dr. Tavares, you mentioned that earlier with Claire. You said sometimes we give an injection to this particular area just as a diagnosis. So if we think it might be sacroiliac arthritis in her case, if you were to give an injection to that area and it doesn't work, we're still looking for the actual reason. So in Todd's scenario... Get a diagnosis because that'll help you to clarify what to do next. Exactly. Especially someone his age, 30 years old, knee pain just on one side. Um, something's up there. Something's we don't up. Know what you know, it if is. you're, if, if Todd was 60 or 70 years old and he's had knee pain that gradually came on over 10 years, I'll say, okay, yeah, likely osteoarthritis, but he's 30 years old. It came on acutely after uh, a strenuous um, activity. Yeah. So. All right. So. A little bit of a different recommendation there. Okay. We've got another caller. We've got John from Waimea on the Big Island. John, welcome to the Body Show. Aloha. Aloha. How are you doing? doing great. How's the weather over there? Did we send our rain your way? Well, we had it yesterday, but today's been a beautiful day. No uh, rain. Fantastic. Nice to hear it for us, too. All right. So, so what can we help you with? Um, about 18 months ago, I fell off a second ladder and I had an axial burst fracture of my L1 vertebrae. And uh, actually, it eliminated the sciatica pain that I had long term. But the question I have is, I know bones, when you have a fracture, normally uh, heal with an extra layer of bone material over the fracture. But do your vertebrae heal in the same way? Does the vertebrae actually get stronger? Interesting question. So you mean you've heard like when you, like if you break your arm, you get this right. extra healing area around it, then the muscles remodify the bone to make it look like regular arm. And you think maybe in some cases that might make it stronger. Does that happen in your back? Well, it's kind of interesting because, you know, I don't know if, uh, Dr. Tavares, if you have an arm fracture, let's just pull a long bone, arm fracture, maybe leg fracture. When it heals, is the bone actually stronger? That's the only part, John, of your question I'm not sure of, is if you have a fracture in a, in a regular bone, when it heals, does it get stronger physically? It's a good question, John. You've stumped us. Because then his question comes up about the vertebrae. Because if you had a burst fracture of a vertebrae, will right. that heal and be stronger? My gut sense is to say no. Anything where you say burst to me just sounds really painful. But when you think about how a fracture does change the actual structure of the mm-hmm. bone underneath, even if you have healing, it, to my recollection, never gets to be as strong as an unbroken bone. Yeah. Okay. I think you're always going to be at risk for future fractures after after a fracture. Um, with the spine, it's 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 actually a little bit more complicated because a lot of times patients will have a burst fracture. They'll be managed conservatively without surgery, um, or they'll have uh, say like a vertebral body compression fracture. You know, an osteoarthritis um, arthritic patient, and what you find is that. A lot of these patients, even after it's healed, the area is healed, they continue to have pain in that area. And the question is, is it from the the old fracture, which a lot of people argue against, or is it because of the biomechanical changes that have occurred over there, having, you know, a compressed um, vertebral body 
muscles take on more stress, the little facet joints in the back um, take on more stress. Is that where the pain's now coming from after the bone's healed? Yeah, well, like I, like I mentioned, uh, I actually, I, you know, I collapsed by half an inch, L1 being the biggest vertebrae. So, but I actually, I don't know, I'm just, in my mind, I'm an engineer that I relieve some pressure on the, on the spinal cord because the sciatica that I had a pretty, whatever you want to call it, I forgot that name you gave it before, um, going down the back of my right leg basically went away. And the only pain I now get is if I'm standing or sitting for a long period of time, I get a slight dull pain in my lower back where it got broken. But so, other than that, I'm John, are you good saying- to go. I just worried about starting running again. So, John, did you actually get better? After your fracture, you said that you well, called it sciatica. Total, we called it radiculopathy. Impact, yeah. Okay. Uh, impact. Yeah. The total thing is, yeah, I, I've got less less residual pain in my body than I had before. Um, that just sounds like so a very inconvenient way to get less residual pain. You had another injury, so now you want to start doing something like running and find out if it's safe. Yes, that's basically it. You know, because if you're running. I've been walking, but I, you know, I'd like to get back into doing some running, and I'm just a little concerned that the, so, the pounding. So, John, might. what what I would recommend is, uh, you know, you, you mentioned 18 months since this fracture, right. and I'm assuming you've probably had follow up X-rays that show that it's stable. Right. Um, I think that running would be okay. What I'd recommend is just start low, go slow, and listen to your body. Okay. All, All right. right. Great. Thank you very much for your show and your, for your help. Absolutely. Thanks for calling us today, John. Happy to know we've got some folks over in the Big Island in Waimea listening in. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Damian Tavares. We are talking about physical medicine, pain medicine, and rehabilitation today. And if you've got a question about what you should do to keep your body in a position where you can heal yourself or you can make yourself stronger or you have some pain that you just don't quite know what the best way to treat is, you can join us at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands 877-941-3689. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. On the next Humankind, the scientific community has indeed attempted to gain its technical success before asking about the social and moral implications of what that success will bring. A distinguished historian on the ethics of research to develop weapons. I'm David Freudberg. Join us for Humankind. This evening at 6.30, right after Marketplace. Our marriage became an eccentric and disorganized library. Whitman in the pantry, the Bronte sisters in the television room, Hardy on the front porch, Dickinson in the laundry room. Sherman Alexie's Portrait of a Marriage, this week on Selected Shorts from PRI Public Radio International. Tuesday at 5 p.m., following Travel with Rick Steves. Aloha and welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Damian Tavares. We are talking today about pain, back pain, joint pain. What can you do so that you can actually feel better? And do you need to live with pain? And how can you and still manage to go about your daily activities? 
If you've got a question for us or a loved one who seems to be in a lot of pain, you want to know what you can do to help, you can join us. 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands 877-941-3689. Before the break, we were talking with John from the Big Island. He wants to go back to running, had an injury about a year and a half ago. Can he safely do it? And the answer is yes, but go slow and, you know, be careful what sort of running surface you're on and try not to have any further injuries. You know, when people have troubles with back pain from an injury, that now they're worried about how they can get back to their activities. What can they do? Is there a process where they can go about, even if it's just like a pulled muscle or a slip disc, how do they know when they're ready to do more physical activity? Are there any signs that they might have that that would help them to know that? I think the biggest thing is their pain stabilizes. So wherever they're at, it might not be perfect, but they're not getting worse and they can do their usual activities and not have the pain suddenly grab at them with just getting up out of a chair. Exactly. I think one of the biggest things is um, something we call, we describe in pain medicine called fear avoidance behavior. And that's where patients really get trapped because of their pain. Um, They know the pain is there. They know certain activities bring it on and it literally paralyzes them to initiate activity. And, um, and that's where, you know, I come in and I tell my patients, look, there's no active tissue damage as far as I can tell. Um, yeah, you're, you're probably going to have a certain degree of pain the rest of your life. Sometimes it's going to be worse than others, but it shouldn't prevent you from being active, um, and trying to live your life to the fullest. Well, cause part of the therapy is staying active. So if you do have pain back or otherwise and you don't do any activities, walking, stretching or or swimming or, or riding a bike, then you're more likely to have just regular age-related chronic inflammation-related changes occur in your back because you're not stretching, strengthening and exercising. So really getting back to some level of activity and feeling comfortable is, is one of the keys to, to really rehabilitating. Absolutely, absolutely. And even getting out and, and getting some fresh air. I mean, Hawaii, we have wonderful air here. You know, getting out there, getting some fresh air, getting your endorphins going, all of that plays into this whole pain cycle. So even if it's just a 10-minute walk outside, do it because absolutely. that 10 minutes may actually really help you the rest of the day. Maybe then it grows to 15 minutes, then 20, then 30, mm-hmm. then an hour. And I always tell my patients, always Start low, go slow. You don't have to go out and be a marathon runner. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, gradually work your way up. When we talk about people getting better, how much of how much of their improvement really can be attributed to their physical activity and exercise? I mean, I know that, you know, medication helps short term, but is, is 80% of their improvement really about activity? Is that what's really going to get them better from from having this pain become this fear avoidance syndrome that you're talking about? Or is, is are there other components that they could do that could help them to get better that include things other than activity? So in that situation, how much, how much of an impact do you think exercise has? With people who are in recovery, let's say from a back surgery, for example, and they've just had a back procedure and they want to go back to doing some activities how important is the exercise? Well, I think it really depends on on the patient's prior activity level. So 
obviously, if you're someone who's a marathon runner and you injure your back, you want to get back to being a marathon runner. And you may or may not be able to do that. But um, getting out and being active and being able to do, you know, maybe a quarter marathon might be enough to to get this patient out of that pain cycle of, of um, where, where you basically – uh, we see with a lot of our chronic pain patients, they get just very disabled, both psychologically and physically. They get deconditioned. Um, just getting out and, and, and getting your muscles um, uh, uh, going and, and, and um, uh, just feeling good about your activity uh, can help break that pain cycle. Um, the, other, the other issue is just exercise after a major trauma or surgery. Uh, we all know that if you don't exercise or you don't stretch your muscles, um, uh, you can end up with contractures, especially knee surgeries, hip surgeries. You do not actively, um, aggressively rehab those those areas. You can end up with a contracture and you may actually have to go back into surgery to fix the problem. So um, after surgery, after major trauma, you definitely have to put in that exercise, that rehabilitation uh, to get you back to at least a baseline. And then from that point, it, you have to look at, okay, where's, where was my prior activity level and work towards that. And like I said, start low, go slow. And incorporate recommendations like you make on how much physical activity they can do, talk with a therapist, maybe even get a trainer, have somebody help, help them to get back to their usual status. Absolutely, and that's why we have professionals. You know, we have therapists that go to school for a very long time. They um, learn to do just that. That's all they do. They they learn to to um, rehab patients. All right, we've got another caller. We've got Dave from Eva. Dave, welcome to the Body Show. Hi, how are you? Great. What can we do for you today? You know, um, I'm pretty sure I have arthritis in both of my knees as a result of injuries, you know, over the years. Um, I'm also type 2 diabetic. I'm just wondering if there is um, any connection between um, healing and, and you know, the, the pain in my knees and, you know, what I can do. I exercise currently. I mean, I walk my dog two to four miles, you know, every other day. So, um, you know, I'm trying to stay active, trying to keep moving. So what is it that you're wondering about? I'm wondering if um, if being type 2 diabetic will have some kind of a, uh, does that have an impact on how, how my knees, you know, are going to either get better or get worse over time? It's a good question, Dave. Now, you said that you think you have arthritis. We've talked earlier with a couple of callers. Do you know you have arthritis? Have you been uh, diagnosed with it? Or? I'm not. I, I, I know that I had arthritic spurs in my knees before, so I'm pretty sure, I, you know, I haven't had it checked out in a while, but um, it's pretty creaky and pretty, um, I, I've had, like, chondromalacia under my kneecaps. So you've got I've the had, arthritis uh, then. Surgery is okay. done to uh, control that, so... Gotcha. So you've got the arthritis, you know that. And what you want to know is, will diabetes affect your ability to get better? Dr. Tavares, people who have other chronic medical conditions, like high sugars, does that ever impair their ability to respond to some of the exercises and therapies that you would recommend? Uh, absolutely. I mean, if patients have diabetes or they have um 
problems with their circulation, uh, which diabetes causes. Um, patients with those issues will tend to heal not as, you know, they won't heal as well. Uh, it's just like someone who smokes. Um, when you have uh, an injury, um, you know, blood goes to the area and, um, and brings, um, you know, different cells there that will help heal the, the injured area. And when someone smokes or they have diabetes, their circulation is not as, not as good. Um, however, I wouldn't discourage um, our caller from doing exercises um, to help strengthen, say, the muscles around his knee. Uh, sure. I mean, if you can go two to four miles every other day, you could probably do one to two miles every day. Absolutely. Consistent activity. And now there might, I'm, I'm curious, when people describe having arthritis of the knee, if that's what he has, and from the description he probably Sounds does, like do they benefit from things like quadriceps strengthening exercises? Absolutely. Activities to strengthen their hamstring, their gastroc, all those muscles of the leg? Absolutely. Um, all of those muscles that surround the knee, if you can strengthen those, those, knee, those, those muscles, you can take off a lot of the stress from the knee joint. Um, the other thing that some, some folks do is, uh, Tai Chi. Um, you know, uh, there's something about doing Tai Chi. Uh, we think that it has to do with proprioception. The, um, proprioception is our ability to determine where we are in, in space and time when we close our eyes. And for patients that do Tai Chi that have osteoarthritis, we find that it actually helps with their, with their knee pain. So a couple of different things that you can do, and uh, it sounds like, Dave, you've got a whole bunch of different options, more exercises, strengthen the legs, talk with a therapist, come up with a plan, and keep going. Just don't stop because you might be able to improve your pain by increasing the strength of those muscles and doing more activity. So that's fantastic. All right, we've got another caller on the line, Adam from Honolulu. Adam, welcome to The Body Show. Hi. What can we do for you? Great. Can you hear me? We can hear you fine. What's uh, going on uh, with you today, Adam? I um I'm a sur- I'm a surfer and I uh, as as a lot of people are out here, I guess. But I uh, hurt my knee the other day uh, about a week ago. Uh, it was like a kind of like a violent compression in, like a, into like a deep squat uh, when I was surfing, and uh, I kind of have a, a lingering knee pain. I, don't, I may or may not have heard it pop. I'm not sure, but the, I guess the main issue is that I don't have health insurance, even though I have a full-time job. But I, I, uh, I'm wondering if this is something that I really need to worry about, like, or, you know, or if I can just kind of do some exercises to, to kind of strengthen it, or will that hurt it more, you know, exacerbate the issue? So um, you, did you notice any, any swelling of the knee? After? I haven't had any swelling. Um, I, the first, like, two, three days, I had a hard time, like, uh, locking it straight out. Mm-hmm. But that seems to have kind of gone away. Now it's just kind of a lingering kind of pain on the inside of my, uh, my knee, I guess, uh, median side of my knee, I guess. Any instability <laughs> of the knee? Does it feel like it's buckling on you? No. Okay. No, I mean, I, it's. I can run on it. I can I can uh, jump on it. My my jaw is pretty physical, so mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt. It's only it's only been hurting lately. Uh, if I kind of straighten it, really uh, like really straight, or you know after a full day of work, uh, you know I get I get that kind of lingering pain inside the joint. 
Well, I think if you really, really, really injured your knee, um, you know, severely, the, you know, where we need to worry, you'd probably develop swelling and some redness over the knee immediately after the injury. Um, it sounds like you are getting better. You don't have any instability. What I'd recommend is you can put some ice packs over the area that's that's uh, tender, 10, 15 minutes uh, every hour. Um, you know, just remain active. Um, I would... I'll remain active, but not to the point where you're stressing out your knee. Allow it to to heal. Um, you can take over-the-counter anti-inflammatories and uh, even Tylenol, as long as you don't have a issue with taking either of those type of medications. Um, you know, some of the topical creams that you find over-the-counter are also beneficial. Um, but you know, it's still pretty early. Uh, I would wait at least a few weeks uh, before um, you know. You know, as long as it's not getting worse. Uh, it should get better, honestly. I think it'll probably get better within three, three, four weeks on its own. All right. Well, I hope I hope that helps you out. You know, it's interesting, Dr. Tavares, we've had this general theme the whole show, which is really get an accurate diagnosis. And from that diagnosis, therapy can be recommended. If you had a major problem with severe pain, you need to know what's causing it. If you had a surfer's injury, Maybe you can get better. Maybe this can resolve. As long as you're not getting worse, like Adam, if he doesn't get any worse, he should in general be okay. But if things start to get more painful, you really need to know what you're dealing with. Is that one of the themes for for what people ought to do when they're thinking of pain and joints, back, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the to me the that I mean that's 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 you know, for most most injuries, people will get better on their own. Um, but you really got to know what you're dealing with before you, you do like a therapy program or exercise program, because some of these programs can actually cause your problem to be worse, you know, can, can cause it to get worse. Um, you know, why, why do we have pain? We have pain to, to protect us, right? There are people who are born without pain and they don't live very long, usually die before they're 20. Uh, so Pain, pain is there to protect us. And so what I would recommend for most people when you have an acute injury, some of the basics, rest and not bed rest, but just take it easy. Don't stress out the area. Ice, some anti-inflammatory, some Tylenol. Um, and most of the time you will get better. If you start noticing some real major structural issues, meaning like for our, our patients with the or our, the, our callers with knee problems where they're buckling, um, that's when you, you really need to get an expert. All right. And if they want to get an expert and they want to see you, I know that you practice currently right now in the Liliha area. You mentioned a website earlier. Can you tell us what that is? Sure. It's uh, pmrhawaii.com. That's paulmaryroberthawaii.com. Fantastic. Okay. And if people wanted to use the good old telephone, still works. You got a phone number? Sure. It's uh, 808-445-9172. Fantastic. Well, I got to tell you, learned a lot about what we need to do for a lot of folks. And I know you helped some folks out there today. Thanks so much for being on the show with us. Thank you, Dr. Kozak. Dr. Damian Tavares has several years of experience in the field of physical medicine and rehabilitation. If you want to hear more about it, you can click on our podcast at hawaiipublicradio.org. Listen to the show again. You can also reach him at the numbers mentioned above. Our engineer is David Chong, our executive producer, Bethlehem Kozlovich. I'm Dr. Dr. Kathleen Kozak, we'll see you next week here at 5 on The Body Show. Mm-hmm.